Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. That's certainly the case today as we talk for the very first time with Martin Sines, founder and managing partner of Bequest Funds, which is part of the mortgage note industry. Uh, and he speaks to us from Sarasota, Florida. Martin, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Charlie, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's great to have you, Martin, and uh, you have advanced business degrees from Drexel University and George Washington University. Bequest Funds purchases pools of existing performing mortgages on residences at a discount, which allows you to distribute a higher than market return to your investors. And Bequest Funds have been doing this since 2004, and the majority of the capital invested is your personal capital, which I'm sure is very comforting to your clients. This is for accredited investors only. So let's start here, Martin, with a brief background of yours. Sure. So, so just one slight correction. Um, I've been uh, a professional note investor running um, a fund for since since 2012. So, so I've been a, an entrepreneur since '04. So. Um, just minor correction. Uh, in terms of background, um, you know, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, I did the traditional route. I went to uh, get my MBA at Drexel and to get the safe and secure job in corporate America. And what I found when um, after graduating in 2001 was that those safe and secure jobs were, were not what they were cracked up to be. 9-11 had just happened. I was at a job fair and it just was a real rude awakening. But I did manage to get a corporate job that I did manage to get fired from a few years later. And that was the blessing in disguise. Because if I had not gotten fired, I, I may still have, you know, I may still be there today hating my life. So um, got fired and my wife and I, we just realized that I was not, I, I, I wasn't cut from the corporate cloth and I, I needed to go out, do my own thing, be my own person. And, uh, you know, there, therein lies kind of that entrepreneurial bone. So, so my wife and I founded a government contracting company by which we sold museum exhibit products to the federal government on a prime level. And from that point, I realized that, you know, 100 hour work weeks and small business ownership was a real grind, a very stressful one at that. So um, after building a real estate portfolio of commercial and residential properties in the later 2000s, um, my, my wife and I sold the company in 2012. And we were really looking for freedom of time. We just started building a family and and we got to like most people, you know, you, you realize at a certain point you chase you're chasing the dollar that kind of takes you so far, takes you in one direction. And really, at the end of the day, what's important is time, you know, quality of time, um, having some flexibility to spend with your family, living a life of balance. And uh, that's what I said I wanted to be. I wanted to be an investor slash person who had freedom of time 
And so um, I got into note investing from that point. Yeah, I, I certainly understand what you're talking about. Somebody asked me one time, they said, well, you know, you don't have to work just 40 hours a week. If you want to work more, you can. And I said, you know, I became self-employed because I only want to work half the time. I pick any 15 <laughs> hours a day I want, you know, and yeah. that's the way it works, right? Yeah. Or it picks you. It's too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So tell us about Bequest funds here, uh, Martin. Sure. Absolutely. So I got my start in the note industry on the distress side. So that means that um, I, I launched my career purchasing defaulted mortgage notes. These are mortgages whereby the borrowers had not made a payment in four or five years. Um, you know, they, they're considered uh, distressed debt. What happens is um, when a loan is originated in a financial institution or bank and it goes into a defaulted state, the borrower stops making payments then the bank will eventually pull those assets together and create tranches of those defaulted mortgage loans and they'll sell them off into the secondary market. So that's, that's the market by which, um, you know, I, I launched my career into, into note investing. And so, um, you know, through the course of eight years, uh, going on nine now, um, I have, I have um, purchased and personally worked out over a thousand of those mortgage loans. So those are discussions with bars, figuring out what they can pay, working out deals that are win-win situations. And the whole, the whole essence of, of mortgage note investing is that, is that you're creating a win-win. I'm buying this, these mortgages at a discount, thereby, there, therefore I'm able to extend some concessions to the bar to help them get back on their feet with a payment that they can afford while making a profit for myself um, in business. So, so from that point, um, that's the launching point. Um, you know, I have uh, amassed a healthy portfolio of these performing mortgages and, and uh, about, about a year and a half ago, uh, we, you know, we got into a, a performing mortgage purchasing, um, you know, we got, we diversified into purchasing more, uh, performing mortgage notes. And that's really where Bequest stems from. Okay. So do you buy these uh, in an auction format or do these, do, do these hedge funds or banks uh, know you and they contact you? Well, what's the process of finding? Sure. Um, so, so um, at this point, you know, um, we uh, we have successfully successfully performed on dozens of trades and we are regular buyers you know we could buy um one two million dollars uh you know purchase of of mortgage notes every couple of months easily and so when you have velocity of purchase and and uh you are um you have a good reputation if you will i, I will say that with humility um, deal flow comes to you and, and we purchase pools of these performing mortgages. Now, why we get them at a discount is at some point in the lifespan of that mortgage loan, there was some type of defect and that defect is the borrower stopped paying. And then at some point they got back on track that mortgage is performing because it's seasoned and the bar, you know, is back on their feet. Um, with whatever occurrence, uh, you know, happened in their life. And uh, so, so the, the, the hedge funds will sell those off at a discount 
and we'll buy those, which is why we're able to pay, you know, a high yield to our investors at 8%. And they're selling them uh, simply because they don't want the hassle of having to contact the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the mortgager and, and the like. Well, they're, they're selling. So these are all cash flowing. So they're all performing and, and seasoned and why they're selling them. I mean, there's a variety of reasons. If, if let's say it just take for an example, if that hedge fund purchased that mortgage loan in a distressed state at 25 cents on the dollar and they work with the bar and got them paying and now, and, and, and now the loan is seasoned and valued at 75 cents on the dollar. Well, they're going to sell it to, to myself at 75 cents on the dollar. And they've just made 50 cents on the dollar and multiply that by the many, many loans that they have, you know, in their portfolio. And, uh, and it's a no brainer for them. And then, you know, they're able to recapitalize and everything else. Okay. And, and these loans, are they all over the country? Are they primarily in the Southeast where you are? They're all over the country. So, so that's, that's it. I mean, um, you know, most of our portfolio sits in, in um, suburban type settings or tertiary markets uh, across the U S um, but, uh, but yeah, to us, we're, we're not geo specific. We're, we're focused on the bar and their ability to pay and their, their past payment performance and some other uh, variables. And are any of these income producing properties or are they all just, just single family residences? So they're all single family residences. Um, a good majority of our loans in our portfolio are, are owner occupied homes. So these are bars that, that, you know, raise their families in these homes and that, you know, the kids go to school, the, 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 the neighbors are friends. And, and so there's a real emotional equity tied to these mortgages. So on top of, on top of our, um, you know, boutique operation where we have a really close tight knit relationship with our bars. So we're first of mind when it comes to monthly payments. Um, there's also an emotional equity side where, where bars, you know, they don't want to be displaced. They want to, you know, maintain and, uh, you know, live in the home that they're, they're raising their families in. Okay. So now you're raising money from investors Okay, what kind of protection does each do the investors have on these? Sure. So our fund operates on a 65% investment to value ratio. So um, there's equity coverage backing backing that loan. So in other words, if if the property take a take a property that's worth a hundred thousand, then we're not gonna we're not we're gonna look to not pay over sixty five thousand. Or, or be invested into that asset for over 65,000. So then that way there's a $35,000, you know, cushion in case something happened, the, uh, in case of a default, in case we have to foreclose, take the property back, which is very seldom in, in our case. Normally, um, you know, we were able to get, talk to the bar and work some arrangement out to keep them in their home. Um, but that that 65% investment of value is, is really a strong protection. Um, I'd also say our, our internal operations. So, um, you know, there's, a, there's uh, you know, funds out there that, that may place, you know, they'll take your money in and they may place it with certain investments outside of their four walls. Well, when people come to BeQuest, they want to um, deal with an operator like myself that is 
personally managing a team of asset managers that sit in, in uh, outside my office here and talk to the bars on a daily basis. And uh, you know, if there's any, any issues, any, any occurrences in their life. So it's a very hands-on high contact <clears throat> type operation. Um, and, uh, and that, that's it. So that's, that's also, you know, we have a family feel as a result of that. Okay. So how do you create a profit in doing this? Sure. So, um, we'll go to market and we'll look to purchase these, these, um, season performing mortgages anywhere from a 12 to at sometimes 14% yield. And in turn, we pay our investors an 8% annual return and we pay it on a monthly basis. So, so, um, there's a, you know, there's obviously a, a margin there by which we operate our fund. And so um, one of the, one of the philosophies that we, we carry here at Bequest is that, is that we're receiving money in on a monthly basis. So we need to pay our investors on a monthly basis. So it only, it only makes sense. And, um, and, and so um you know, that, that's kind of like the, the rule of thumb with our, with our fund. And that also helps with, you know, uh, you know, risk mitigation from an investor standpoint, because they know they're getting back, you know, some of their money on a uh, monthly basis. And your track record for uh, foreclosures, because that's, uh, the, that's the big challenge, right? It, it, it can be, it can be. Um, in with our portfolio, we foreclose less than 1% of the time. So that is a full-blown foreclosure where we take it through to auction. And um, a majority of the time, we work with the bar somewhere along that foreclosure track to bring them back to the table. We may have to remodify the terms. We may have, you know, during COVID, we've had to forbear a few accounts. And, and um, you know, that's just kind of the reality. We, we're, we're compassionate people at the end of the day. Um, however, a vast majority of our mortgages are, you know, have been paying all throughout COVID and just, just prior to COVID and beyond. Well, that's, uh, that's great to hear because, uh, uh, nobody's told the Wall Street Journal that, uh, they're telling, uh, some pretty, uh, harsh stories these days. Uh, it, and there's some truth to that. Um, the thing is that our mortgages are, are not government sponsored mortgages and uh, the mortgages that fall under the CARES Act are, are government backed mortgages. So, so, but with that said, you know, we want to be in line with, you know, where, where the market's going, where, you know, consumer expectations are. So we're conscious of that. But at the same time, we're finding the opposite of what's being put out from the from the media in terms of forbearance and not and the whole don't pay your mortgage, um, you know, uh, kind of sentiment that's out there. We're finding that people are valuing their home more than they did prior to COVID. We're finding that people are doing home improvements. They're going to Home Depot. They're they're redoing their lawn. You know, they're sitting at home many more hours than they have been in their whole past life. And um, do you, you know what would be on your mind if that's the case? It's like, hey, let me just do this project I've been holding off. Or your whole your whole world is not to be displaced from the one stable thing you have in your world. Well, that, that's great to hear, really. So, so what message would you like to get out regarding what you understand about your process and your investment strategy compared to 
what so many investors and advisors may not understand? I'd say simplicity is, is, is everything with us. Um, we have our, our whole world is treating the bars like gold. So, so, um, it, you know, when was kind of the last time you heard, Hey, the, this mortgage company's mantra is to treat the more, the bars like gold, you know? So, so we, we have single points of contact for all our bars in the portfolio. They can call email. In some cases, they want to text our asset managers when, when they need something, when they have questions, we're accessible. And uh, in return, we've built relationships with our bars, which is why we have a high collectability rate. So we keep things very like, I don't know, old school, I'd say there's no, there's no other way to say it. It's all strong relationship based. And, um, you know, for how we operate as, as a team internally, we meet, we have daily meetings every morning at 8.05. Investors are welcome to come in and join our, our daily meetings where we go around Robin around the company and, and all the employees have certain metrics that they're responsible for. And then they're, and we're also celebrating successes and, and you know, maybe there's a frustration that we're, we're expressing too. And we're, we're solving things as, as a unified front. So strong culture. I mean, these are kind of buzzwords, right? But, but we, we, we live this every day and, and that's why we're, we're all happy to be here. Um, you know, we love what we're doing. Um, I think that the other thing I'd like to say is that is that there is something to helping homeowners, and that's very much what we feel we do. Um, you know, hedge funds may have let you know uh, def- these these bars kind of like uh, um, you know go in a defaulted state for long periods of time or what have you. But we we want to um, help the bars pay off their home at some period of time which is part of like our legacy play with BeQuest. So, so tell us, speaking of legacy here, the name of the firm is BeQuest Funds. It seems to have a legacy element to it. Uh, you haven't mentioned that. Tell us about it. Sure. Um, so there was, it's intentional. And out of the gate, you know, um, through the course of years, I have, uh, you know, prior to mortgage note investing, I was chasing the dollar. And, and that left me unfulfilled spiritually. And when I started note investing with my wife and I, we just said, hey, we want to do something that's just not money driven. We want to do something that, that provides a greater good, that, that will um, be something that will, will provide a win-win. And so we looked at the, these things and, and, and I can't tell you that this, the, the satisfaction I've gotten for helping people get back on track with their mortgage loans when they're frustrated, they don't know where to go. There's a per diem interest clock that ticks on their account. Um, you know, nobody's been helpful for them to them in the past. So, so we feel like we are being very attentive to these bars. We're helping them pay off their homes at certain point in their lives. So they're going to have something that they could potentially pass down to their children. Now on our side, my partner, Sean, and myself, we said, hey, look, it's not enough that we're just modifying these loans. We're getting payoffs. We're, we're winning from a financial solvency perspective. We want something 
that's a longer legacy play, something we can pass down to our children. So then we created Bequest funds. We both dumped a million, we collectively, we put a million bucks in. And so, and so we said, um, you know, we're going to do this, but then also for our investors, we want it set up so our investors that put in can also have something that they can pass down to their children too. So the whole the whole notion of legacy is not just a buzzword for us. It's like we we really believe, you know, we're building something for 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 future for the future of many individuals. So what objections do you hear most often from uh, investors, potential investors, even advisors who may be bringing people to you? Sure. So I just like, you know, the disclaimers were not for everyone. So I just, you know, there's no pushiness with what we do. We feel like we're pretty rock solid. You know, you give us money and we pay you at 8% for the rest of your life. There's no fees. So, I mean, we're not, you know, all all fees are on top of the 8%. So management uh, absorbs that. And so the, 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 uh, proposal is is pretty simplistic and and uh, so i would just say that um you know i would just say that that we're easy to work with um now what what we do get with that said what we do get sometimes an objection is like hey my apple stock just tripled in value or we hear like you know my portfolio in the stock market's up blah 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 and so um, I get it. You know, I understand the appreciation play. I don't play it. I, I don't invest in appreciation. It scares me. Um, you know, I invest in cash flow. Uh, that that's real to me. And so, um, but for those individuals, you know, they could look at us as a diversification tool. So they may be crushing it on Apple, Tesla, or what have you. And and then, but then they could look to us to create steady cash flow for themselves. But that's probably a big objection that they get. Also, we're not, um, you know, maybe some financial planners are locked in, incentivized to send individuals to certain funds and, and whatnot. So they have relationships in place. That, that we're not in that mix, so to speak. Okay, appreciate that. Let, let's ask a couple of questions here, uh, Martin, that we ask all of our guests. What's the best advice you've ever heard, read, or received about investing? So I'm going to give you something that I live by, and I and it's through lessons learned. <laughs> hard, very hard lessons. We, know, I only we invest, all know about those here. <laughs> I only invest in things that cash flow, and that I can control. And, and that's, that's like, I I've done it. I've done it every which way, you know, I've invested in technology companies that I lost a lot of money. And, and so anytime I've invested and I had no control over the outcome and, or, or I'm playing an appreciation play, it's, it's just never materialized for me. Well, I appreciate that. I can tell you, we've asked that question uh, several hundred times and uh, that's really a response we have not heard much at all, if, if at all, here. So uh, no question about it, that cash flow. And, you know, we're in a day of uh, 1% interest rates. So <laughs> yeah. eight times that is, uh, is pretty good. And, and your point about diversification is certainly well taken, especially in our one interest, uh, 1% interest rate uh, bond world here. Uh, next, what keeps you awake at night, Martin? I'd say... Um... Uh, matching, matching capital to deal flow is probably, probably the most stressful part of the job is, um, you know, we, 
you know, I can go out and I can raise $2 million and then I can go to the secondary market to spend the 2 million. And then there's, there's all these types of time gaps in place. And, and so there's stress that way, or we could get a deal flow in the door. Like we did in last month, we had a um, $2.3 million um, pool and uh, we had, we had just gone through a big offering. So I didn't really have anyone that I could tap in. And so, but yes, we, we accepted. And now I had to raise, you know, 1.5 million in, in one month. And so, and so you're always, you're always either a deal is coming in or capital's coming in and we're, we're a no leverage fund right currently. I mean, that, that may not be the case, you know, down the road, who knows, but currently I like the matching pro matching setup right now money comes in and I go buy product. So I don't want to overextend with, I don't want to, I want the preferred investors to be first in line to receive money because they feel secure that way. And um, it, I'm growing organically as a result, but you know, there is stress associated with that. Yeah, I, I can see that. So the last question uh, we like to ask all of our guests is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, goodness. Um, you know, there is uh you know, I've learned so much from Robert Kiyosaki just starting out of the gate. I mean, always, always so much love, um, you know, going, going back to uh, rich dad, <clears throat> you know, cash flow quadrant. I mean, they're all, all still good books. So rich dad, poor dad. Uh, if someone's interested in note investing in general, um, I wrote a, a bestseller note investing made easier and it's on Amazon. Actually, there's, there's five books that I've written in general, uh, four of which deal with investing, but, um, but yeah, I would, I would go with rich dad 100%. Okay. Thanks. So, so Martin, uh, it's interesting. You said you went into this business to have a little more time and then you write five books, <laughs> hire nine people, run a business, worry about uh, matching deal flow with cash flow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Has has the balance improved? Well, absolutely. Because, because I hire now that, you know, before I would be a one person show, I'd be a one man show. I'd want to do it all myself because I didn't want to pay someone to do it. And, and now I pay people to do things. So um, I have time. I see my kids a lot. I have four young children, eight and under. I see them a lot. Um, you know, I spend time with them, uh, coach little league and, and all of that. So yeah, I have a good balance in, in life, hey, but I pay people to do things to work that, that out. Yeah. Well, that's great. So for those who would like to know more, where can they go? They can go to bqfunds.com or they can go to noteinvestingmadeeasier.com. Okay. And uh, is there uh, some contact information of somebody in particular the, if they want to feel that, that personal touch here? Yeah, absolutely. They can reach out to me. Um, you know, my phone number is 703-965-5188, or they can email at martin at bqfunds.com. Okay. And again, that's for accredited investors only. That's correct. Okay. Okay. So Martin, final words for our listeners here. Uh, final words is, uh, I, I, I know I'm going to leave on a negative, uh, on like a pessimistic tip, but I think a market crash is coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> Be prepared. I mean, build your home on multiple streams of income. Whatever you do, the, the whole notion of a single income went out the door with uh, dual income house, households. And now dual income households isn't enough. 
if if you want to make it in in middle america now um you need multiple streams of income it's not a nice thing to do it's a must must have thing to do right now martin thank you very much and we really appreciate uh, your joining us here today and we've learned a lot and uh, our best wishes for your and uh, bequest funds continued success here so thanks for being with us thank you charlie so we've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio here, and uh, we've been listening to Martin Sines, founding, uh, founder and managing partner of BeQuest Funds in Sarasota, Florida. And we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and visit our website to listen to all of our podcasts and interviews strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.